podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the award-winning gutter back perilously close to the opening of yet another tantalising transfer window for the Reds. Or will it be? Well, discussing that with me will be Andy Heaton, Ian Salmon and Neil Atkinson. I feel, some will say, Liverpool two points off the top of the league and flying at the moment, flying at the point of recording. We don't need to be worrying about transfers, but I think we always need to be worrying about transfers. It's complacent not to be fretting about transfers. And I think Liverpool are, well... I think there are things... I'm going, to, I'm going to start with you, Neil, on it. My general theme before we drill down and look at some targets and, and some specifics. I think there are things still in the post for this Liverpool, if it's even slightly unlucky, and we're starting to see how they might manifest themselves with the injury roster beginning beginning to, to, to bulk up a bit. Uh, as we record, I think Klopp's re- semi-revealed in the press conference that he remains non-optimistic about Joel Matip's prospects. So we're shorn of a defender. We went into the season feeling we desperately had to get a centre-half. We got one, somehow, by Gerald Gerald Quanta turning out to be good. But losing Joel Matip, a good version of Joel Matip, uh, to boot, would be troublesome. I think the, uh, what's the word, evolution of the Trent role is a factor in all this. The, what's the word, the the, the planning ahead for what we're going to do with our front line, those things are issues. And also we're living we're living in a, a McAllister 6 world, which could change if McAllister got as unlucky as a Joel or a Jota. Where do you think the lie of the land is in the broadest sense, in terms of the squad health and where we should be going next? I think in the broadest sense, I think that I, I don't like how you've painted that. And the reason why I don't like how you're setting us up for the transfer fall here. No, no, because because well, no. Why the reason why I don't like how you painted that is I actually think there's real opportunities for Liverpool in the transfer market. I don't think it's about sort of being having huge concerns in any direction. I think instead, Liverpool of uh, what I why I like Liverpool's summer business is that it's not in isolation of what's gone before or what comes after. Is that I think it gives Liverpool tons of moves. So I think Liverpool can assess what it is they want and and do some future planning. So you mentioned there with the forwards. And Position that's strength, though. That's yeah, that's kind the point of my that, but, I think that that's, but also I think that that's sort of where Liverpool... So, for instance, do Liverpool want to get someone, and it's on the list in the agendas, you know, do Liverpool see the idea of buying another central defender who may air towards the left-hand side and may be able to do your bits at left-back as well? Do they want to have that that as a squad option? Because it, they've got that in Gomez on the other side. So mm. do, they want, do they want to have another one of them, for instance? Yeah. They can make a decision. Now, there's a finite number of players you can register uh, I think that there's another moving part to all of this that we've learned from this campaign so far which is do you want to sign another player where when they get called up for international duty they're traversing a million miles and a ton of t- time zones mm. does that now need to be a concern but within that there's opportunities and Liverpool can make guided decisions I don't think they need to be panicked or rushed into anything on the one hand but that isn't the same as they don't they shouldn't be doing anything on the other I think that you know the direction of travel no matter how much the manager says it and no matter how much it becomes a key part of football that people are at least beginning to discuss because the manager's always two years ahead on everything is that the players are playing too many games. So I think that having sort of strength and depth uh, is a good thing and Liverpool have got a bit of leeway to do that while still staying inside squad limits and rules and all of that sort of stuff. So for instance, what do you want to do in the long run with Trent Alexander-Arnold? What do you want to do in the long run with McAllister? What do you want to do? What is? What do you think the holding midfield position will be in football across the next two or three years? How are you responding to the wants and needs of that? Do you want the sort of one that you've got? But then do you want another one? Or you, So I think all of this is, you know, for me, 
I think it's a real opportunity. I think there's also a conversation to be had. Has the the and this is not to write the footballer off at all. And the same thing goes for for Cade Gordon. But has the Ben Doak opportunity not come to fruition as much as you would have liked in terms of him grabbing that opportunity and impressing constantly? Like I could be getting Premier League minutes here, Jurgen. I don't think we've quite had that either. So I think that there's but in amongst all that, my point is more that these are opportunities. I don't think I don't look at this. I don't look at January on the horizon and think oh my God, we've got to do four things. If not, we're going to be in real trouble. I don't even look at it and go, oh my God, if they don't do X, we're going to be in real trouble. But I think that they can play the field of, we really like this football, or we really like this one, we really like this one, and then go from there. I don't think they've got a defined list of this is what we absolutely must do. If not, we're going to be in real bother. The flip side is, I think that they can they can progress an area of the pitch to the point of it being... We've got that. We have got that box now, but they can choose how they're boxing it. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ian, I mean, we're, a perennial theme of our of our transfer windows and our discussions on Liverpool's wants and needs is about whether Liverpool are behind the curve, ahead of the curve, on the curve. Neil's built a case for us being. Uh, well, I, I agree with that. Ahead of the curve, only just though. Like yeah, I think, I think, well, I think we're, I, if we're ahead of, if, however you unitize the curve, we're, I, one, we're one unit, no more than that. I'm in, I'm in violent agreement on that. But we, it feels like we came from the last window where we felt very much behind that curve. That was very much the theme of the summer window. We were losing midfielders hand over fist. Really, we were, we we lost the ones whose contracts ran out in Keiter and Milner and Chamberlain. We lo- we we took the dough for um, Fabinho and Henderson. So and Thiago, Thiago's injuries were not going to go away in a hurry. By Chetich wasn't available, so we we were behind the curve. We needed to replenish with midfielders. The the triumph of, of the summer transfer window, if we want to call it that, as much as the quality of the men we bought in is the availability touch wood of the men we bought in. <laughs> they have been present. Now, as Neil puts us a, a unit or so ahead of the curve, at most, at most. Well, if. If that's the case, and I'm inclined to agree with that that measure, that empirical measure, I think it does sort of, in a perverse sort of sense, put an urgency on on staying ahead of that curve. We can't come... I feel it would be a, a little bit neglectful, a little bit foolhardy to go through this window thinking... We're a degree ahead of that curve. Now let's ebb to the point where we're not ahead of it. I, I think it would be sensible to get a couple of bits of business done. After a question that long, it'd be great just to go, yeah. <laughs> I did um, park not, life not, or yes, something, yeah. Yeah, nothing. No, that would, be, would have been one. I, wish yeah. thought of it. I think we are moving ahead of the curve. I think, um, you know, one of things about the summer window was we weren't aware of how unavailable Bajetic would become uh, because we were expecting it to be just a short-term injury through overplaying him. And it looks like what we're, we're moving into is... I would say it was semi-apparent. It's got. It's been a worst-case scenario. I think it's, it was, it's been a worst-case scenario. He did I get think. back on the pitch. He, he did, actually, yeah, to be fair. Yeah. He, he did a spell at right back in one of the games uh, beginning yeah. of the season. Um, I don't think we were... We were anticipating the idea of becoming the growing pains issue that we've seen with other players. Sure. As clearly, through... Overexposure and growing pains. We've lost him probably for most of the season. We don't know when he's going to be back, but supposedly he's back after Thiago. I think um, one of the things that we have to deal with is, again, you know, Klopp is two years ahead of the rest of us, but he's looked at McAllister and he mentioned it in the last press conference, not today's, but last week's, that who would have anticipated the game changing so much that McAllister would be a suitable number six. So I don't think we're looking for a number six to replace McAllister anymore. We might be looking at somebody who can do that position. I know we've got a, a defensive midfielder on the list here, but also Bajetic could be the player that does that position as well as McAllister. But I think we're changing the nature of the number six. 
and changing the nature of the number six also falls within what we're doing with our current right back and whether he moves into midfield yeah. and what his actual position is. I don't think it's a case of whether he's a right back or a midfield. I think it's a case of what he does within the team affects what your number six is. So we're changing within that. Endo has turned out to be a very intelligent buy because he's turned up making important things happen at important moments. Um, I know, you know, I, I was guilty at the beginning going, well, I think maybe he'll play more than we're anticipating. He's not playing as much as possibly I thought he would when we bought him, but he's making things happen, and he's a different player to Gravenberg. So the four that we went out and bought have been absolutely excellent. We're in the position where there's, there's two that obviously we have to future plan for now because they will both go in the summer. Matip... Um, that injury the other night, the way he went down, the way he was holding his knee, that looks like it could possibly be ligamental in some way. It looks like it could be a serious one. We may have seen the last of Matip as a Liverpool player. That's that's always... So sad. It, it's terrible because what, what a renaissance he's, he's as well. been in a really fantastic form and we could be looking at the reality that we won't see him play for us again because whatever happens this summer, we're not giving them a new contract with his age and with his, his injury record unless it was some kind of pay of play. We're not giving Thiago... Uh, a new contract so we'd probably be looking at a new centre-back of some kind mm. and a new midfielder of some kind because we won't be on the nine but then what's Bobby Clark's development plan at the moment is he the number nine midfielder that comes in when Thiago moves on because Bajtic will be back at that point so we are moving ahead of the curve we need to keep moving ahead of the curve um, I think we're better forward planned than we possibly think we are and a lot of that is being opportunistic from the summer because the lads that we moved on we didn't expect to be moved on but have we missed a single one of them at any point? I no, don't think we have. No, we, we, yeah, we can't possibly, really, such an improved season so no. Possibly Henderson could have come on on Sunday uh, in the endo position and played in the two alongside Trent when we went to the 4-2-4 but would he have, done, would he have scored that goal that endo scored? So... It's um, we we haven't missed lads and moved on. We've we've acted really well. We look like we're thinking ahead. Um, you know, we're talking about what Trent does. We, Connor Bradley came on for a cameo the other night. Looked really good. Um, we've we've got options all over the place. The thing I've just done while while Neil was talking was Google who Liverpool sporting director is at the moment because I had no idea if York Schmack was still, still York. there. It's still York. We don't know how long he's there for. We don't know when he's... We don't know how much of his planning is involved. I suspect Endo was one of his players because it was a completely left field one that we hadn't anticipated from anywhere else. So, well, we saw, How many did we sign for the Bundesliga in the summer? Is it Endo three? Um, four? Three. Endo, Gravenberg... S- Soboslai? Soboslai, yeah. yeah. Three. Who have, three. Missed, who have we missed out? Who do we not Mc, sign? Well, McAllister. McAllister from the Premier yeah. League. Okay, so from the... Yeah, yeah so, so clearly, and we brought him in because of his knowledge of the Bundesliga and then started looking at the French League and then moved back. But again, you know, depend on who you believe on Twitter, isn't it? But I think I think we've planned ahead. I think Jorga from his from his villa in Ibiza seems to be doing a fine job of planning ahead for us. You think he'd have a villa in Germany if he's buying German players for us, but never mind. It's, it's on Maybe laptop. You, you just go where the sun is. Yeah, that's what I do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Fucking right. <laughs> ah, Zoom. Zoom, Zoom, Zoom. Um, Fat Lottie's band. Yeah, I know. I know, I know. Crap. They were. Uh, and that is one of the greatest singles of the 80s. I will not have a zoom, word said against it. My heart yes. went Zoom yep. or something. Yep. Boom. But you rhyme Boom and Zoom. Which was, if you can get away with rhyming boom and zoom, you've written I mean, a classic. Glad we're putting this off for free, really. We're authentically our stupid selves. Eight pounds a week or whatever we are. <laughs> What's the deal? I, I eight pounds a week. Eight pounds a minute. Um, 
and well, let's 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 look at the defence here. The Matip situation. If it is a serious, if it is a serious one, and it feels like it's not going to not be months. Um, never mind the we're not renewing. Well, actually, not never mind. We're not renewing Matip's contract issue. We need to replace Matip in the squad. To your mind, is this something we ha- almost have to do this January? I'm move, moving us past Neil's, um, we're a, a degree behind the curve, to go, well, maybe we're uh, sort of ahead of the curve, to maybe we are a degree behind the curve with the defence now, but only due to this injury. Maybe we do, in the course of January, have to move and, and get a def- defender in the squad. If he's a multi-purpose defender, really happy days. But it's whether you get a stopgap, a kid, or, an ex- or, or one, one for a solid first 11 berth, or potentially. How do you look at it? I'd sign one in January if the plan was to sign one in January, regardless of what happened the other day. Um, or June, the other, oh yeah. Or to, yeah, to basically stick to the plan. I yeah. think when we when we veered from the plan is when we've kind of come a cropper. You can bring the plan forward, though, I'd, I'd argue, by a few if, months, if it's as possible, we have with Diaz. What, what, yeah, possibly, but what I wouldn't be doing is going out. So if, if, if you've got a target that you're going to go for in June anyway, and suddenly he's available in January, well, that's one thing. But it's throwing the baby out the bathwater and bringing someone in in a, in a bit of a in, in a bit of a flap, especially when I mean, if it's some other matter angle on it, you know there'll be plans for him anyway because this was always likely to be his last year, unless he maintained that form to the end of the season. And by all means, you know, have a conversation about that. But we've already seen, you know, we've got youth there to come in and step in. You talk about Quans has been. Unreal, I wouldn't be at all uncomfortable with that. And it was it was a strange one at the weekend when Matt went down. I thought, oh shit, what have we got on the bench? And then I totally forgot Canati's there. Canati was there, yeah. Canati's there. I expected so Quantas to come so on. So you got Canati, Canati and Quantas sitting on the bench, ready to replace Joel Matter. Mm. You know, so have you got the, you've clearly got the depth. So if you go and sign someone in January, let's just say, and then you've got what, five senior centre backs? I mean, how's how that a sell? To, to a player unless you, you know your intention was to bring them in in the summer with, and have them you know long term it, 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 I don't get that I don't understand that way of thinking I said, can I just well, well let me put one thing to you and come back to me always. Gomez we've we've come to use him well there's again. another option well no, yeah we've, well, we, uh, we come, we've come to use him as, as cover at right back as, as when Trent's rested uh, for Euro- European games we also know Joe Gomez doesn't he isn't really inclined to be repeating games given his injury record, not dissimilar to Matip's. So he's done you, all right this year. Oh yeah, he has done all right, but we have managed his games. We haven't needed to because he's not first pick, but okay. we, we have managed his games. But if you just park Joe as either right-sided cover or, you know, sort of break glass for, for Europe, our first choice centre-backs now without Matip are Van Dijk, Canata, who were our first two at the start of the season, and the kid who few had heard of. You, you can't have that argument and not include Joe Gomez, though. You can't. Okay, so we got four, three and a half. Right, no, four. Okay, that's four. Okay, but I worry. I, I worry that if Joe Gomez, that if we say, Canate picked up an injury now, yep, which is more than within his the, the way he you know his body operates, then Joe's got to play week in week out for phases, and I, 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 I fear for that. Not I, and that's not to disrespect Gerald Kwanzaa, but although we're hailing him as the, the second coming at the moment, I still think there's a lot more to be proved before we can say he could play for us for ten straight games in in centre back position if need be. Well, how, how are we gonna, I don't know. I'm being how, how are we going to prove that fact though? 
if you're well, not going to give him the opportunity? Well, I don't necessarily want to do that experiment while we're going for a title. I don't. I look, if it works, it works. But you know, you, you come to me. Ah, well, we we found out it didn't work. I, if I, what I, what I'm saying is, I suppose, mind you, I suppose with any signing, it's the same. I'm, I'm exploring the options here, and I don't have. St- oh a strong no, no, I'm I'm just trying to. Basically, what I think, what what's been proven to me is that when Liverpool stick tightly to what they wanted to do, and look, you could see they weren't expecting to feet for being able to go or. Henderson or whatever, but it happened. Yeah. But they knew clearly in mind who they wanted and what they wanted. And they had a list ready to go. Um, look, I get my my main... So you wouldn't sign a centre-back in general? No, so my line of thought with this one is I'd be looking at a right-back before I sign another centre-half. Okay. I'd be looking at a right-back before I sign another centre-half. And there's a, there's a very, very easy reason for that. In so much as that then you can then... Leave Joe where he is. And I'm not having it they're not already looking for another right back because... I agree with you, by the way. I think that's a good shout. For me, you know, if, if Trent is going to progress into this role, he may not. He may just continue sticking right back. That's the area that I'd be looking at. I mean, oh, fair enough. I mean, I'd, I'm kind of crossing myself because Calvin Ramsey's still there. He's not really had a look in so far. Isn't he out on loan? He's on loan. He's on loan. Oh, yeah, he's on loan. Sorry, Bradley's, Bradley's back. I'm meant to be sort of close to, you know, full fitness. He comes on the other day. I suspect he'll get the game against Union SG, but that's a bit like, well, where's he up to? Yeah. And that's going to take a bit of time. You understand where I'm at with the right back? No, I, I am. My only problem is that I just did a little thing there while Ian was speaking, so people have looked at a clip or something that looks a bit rude. I went down, transfer marked, right backs by order of value. And number nine's Diego Dalot. Fucking hell. So, now listen, the point no is Liverpool... No, no, well, some disrespect. Yeah. Um, you know, because number 12's Liveramento, and if you ask me to pick between the two, if I could just have one tomorrow, I'd have Liveramento. So yeah. it's not like this stuff's, yeah. this stuff's not hard and fast. But my point is more, you know, and this is this is one of the, the, the unspoken bits of the chat about what you would or wouldn't do with Trent Alexander-Arnold is never how good Trent Alexander-Arnold is. It's always who ends up filling in the position that he's leaving. Hello, Neil here. I hope you're enjoying this Anfield Rap Free Week extravaganza that we're putting out. It's right the way through the week uh, that we're looking to show you what the Anfield Rap content offering is day in, day out. You can get the videos on YouTube, you're getting the audio where you get your audio from. But ultimately, we're proud of what we do. We're very proud indeed of what we do. And what we want is for you to enjoy and share in what we do. We want you to come and be part of what the Anfield Rap is all about and what could be a really exciting Liverpool season. So if you like all of this, once the free week is over, feel free to sign up and subscribe to the Anfield Rap. You can do it in a number of different places. There's Patreon, there's through the app, and there's theanfieldrap.com forward slash subscribe. We want you to come on board with us. We hope you're enjoying all of this. All the best. And that if you move them out of that position, the argument is AN or the new right back slash Joe Gomez versus Dominic Sabozla, who would you rather have on the pitch? And that's... Gomez is better than Dalot. Uh, so there we go. So, but Dalot but literally is number nine. Adam Hickey at Brentford is, re- is is rated valued at eleven. Nico Williams is twenty four. Uh, Nathan Patterson is thirty three. Now there will be who's top four. Unbelievable. So there you've got, for instance, players like Hakimi is yeah, in there. You know, who's great, but he's playing for Paris Saint Germain. Yeah. And also part of the value thing when transfer mark does it. This is why it isn't perfect. Far from it. I'm I'm talking it down as I'm doing it. But part of why he's expensive is because he's at Paris Saint Germain and so on and so forth. So all it's doing is the number. You know. It's an arbitrary figure that they're putting on. But my point is more the idea of, you know, Liverpool are not... No one in world football is knocking back world-class right-backs. If you know what I mean, if you can get one, they'll get one, mm. if you sort of see what I mean. Now, how much of a priority is depends on whether or not you get one. But we can't, for instance, you know, we can't go and buy Reese James. Well, and, no. uh, and, and that's, Havard didn't move in the summer. He still, did, he went to Inter Milan. 
Did he? Yeah, he went to Inter but Milan. But Neil, ah. Neil, on that though, and it, listen, I, I take all that, and I'm not just being argumentative with, argumentative with everyone just for the sake of it today. But I'm, you know, why not? I, I, do, think, I do think the right no, back shout is a good the, one. It's just so whether you can get the, one. the points I'm going to make. It, the, the points I'm trying to ham fistily trying to make is. You know, you, you have your list of your top eight right backs, whatever. And I know it's an extreme example, but I bet you Andy Robertson wasn't in the top fifty left backs. No, no, that's the, no, 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 that's if the next you know your profile. Exactly. You know, if you know your profile, then you're absolutely flying. And I'm, I'm with that a hundred percent. But then that comes back to the idea of you've got to know your profile. But also, in the last three seasons, Liverpool have bought a right back. They bought Ramsey. Yeah. Uh, and they know the profile, etc., etc. They bought, you know, they've, they've, they've used Bradley, and Bradley did ever so well on loan, albeit at Bolton. But the flip side of that is that we're all talking about Quanta, and Quanta was at loan at Bristol. Mm. If you see what I mean, so where that is and where that moment is, and at the minute they haven't seen, for instance, you know Bradley kick much of a ball, full stop for the first team, and it might be that that happens, and then the conversation kicks on. I just think it's likelier that Liverpool are still sort of seeing what the direction of of, of the conversation is and what where football is and where football's going, and you know I think that, and this is back to my idea. I think it's a squad that, in terms of adding to, it's got a ton of potential. And I like I go on at this all the time. Like I think they should recruit in a four four two, even if they're not playing a four four two, because I think that means that they'll cover a lot of bases. But if you begin to think about that, is there an argument as you're beginning to imagine a little bit of the future without Mo Salah in there, but with Mo Salah still in the presence? I thought that you, when we went four four two against Fulham, um, at times when it's been four four two with 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 Salah and Nunez close together, mm. I think that's looked really interesting and exciting. That's a direction of travel to sort of consider. I think it's easier to imagine for. For instance, Trent playing centre mid, not as an eight, not as a six, but as two in a four-four-two in the middle. I think that's easier to imagine him in that role than it in is an in old anything else. One holds, one goes. Yeah, yeah, box you take box, turns, box yeah. to box, and which, that's a bit easier to imagine. Which is what they did on Sunday, which is where it ended up being on Sunday. You know, but yeah. all of that. But my point is more. I actually think, like, and this is why I do think it's a complicated one, and why I think you can have a separate conversation, which is. Liverpool perhaps should have a nailed-on director of football who isn't the fellow who came in a part-time because I do think that there needs to be a bit of, okay, this is... What's the next the, five years? Or th- at least three. Do I you not get you the impression that this was a dress rehearsal for him, though? Maybe, but then I think he was also coming in, you know, it wasn't like he was being hunted down by tons and well, tons of people. But he was retired. Yeah, exactly, so... I think that it's. I think it's possible that the you know they might they might like that and they might want to continue with it and all that sort of stuff. And if they do, then that's absolutely fine. But I think that you are almost your next sort of two or three signings. You know, I don't think any of us are sat here because Joel Matip's got an injury, thinking we need to buy another twenty nine year old centre half. I think we're thinking if he needs to buy a centre half, it's a young centre half. Well, if we're thinking if he's going to be a right back, it's a young right back. We're thinking if it's going to be you know if it's going to be someone who comes in and plays left side because that. It, increases your options we're thinking that player's under 23 I don't think we're thinking really about certainly players outside the Liverpool sweet spot of 22 to 26 I think that's what we're looking at but we're looking at sort of I think the next signings are you've got this bedrock now of players you're moving forward with the next signings are adding to that bedrock no, that, that, that's, that, that's my Rob, that's my point Neil's just made yeah. my point if they're going to go for a centre-half it shouldn't be as, as a reactive decision made off the back of Matt Absinthe. Hundred percent. I think I think that's the Liverpool way in the modern era, and, and that's what happened. I can always I, can I just throw in there. No, I, you can't because I've been waiting to get my word in edgeways in it. I don't really good get any word well. in edgeways on him is a task, and now I'm in. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not yielding my spot for for a minute. I think. Oh, fuck's sake. And it is uh, your show, so yeah, <laughs> you'd you think. Uh, you think I'd hadn't won awards? Um, <laughs> when was that? Oh, I don't know. 
people listening for the first time, they should know the Gutter wins a lot of awards, a hell of a lot of awards at the Gutteries every summer in Zurich. <laughs> um, but anyway, I'm always fascinated when I look at the, the transfer rumours, the shape of transfer rumours, and... You, if you want to try and read the runes and see what Liverpool are actually going to do rather than us as, as fans go, well, I do this or I do that. I think what Liverpool might do is always the more interesting thing. Um, I, since as long back as I can actually care to remember, Liverpool have not been linked with a right back, which sort of leads me to, doesn't mean Liverpool aren't interested in right back, but it means they're not that way inclined at the moment. They're, they're, they perhaps have more faith in Conor Bradley than we think. And if you, we do look at the shape of the rumours, Ian, what happened last summer when we did lots of shows together is about Liverpool being linked to a lot of young centre-backs and the briefings, if you want to call them that, were about Liverpool would move only for a promising young centre-back, not a first-team centre-back. Well, Liverpool have been linked to, quite consistently for the last few weeks, to a Brazilian kid who's left-footed and he's 20 and he's called Baraldo and he plays for Sao Paulo. Now, I know you know loads about him, but I don't, I don't want to hear what you know about him. People can do their own research. They don't have to use your research up. You don't give that away cheaply. No. But do you think this is still the direction of travel with Liverpool in the centre-back position, that, that youth is the way forward? Or, or do you see the idea of replacing Matip with some more experience in the squad, albeit whether you're replacing Matip now or in the summer? Which Where do you think the... the, 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 the everything's pointing in, the, in this sense. I think, and this is kind of what I was going to jump in with, um, I think Good, if you're looking handy. for centre-back, you are quite possibly now looking, given the way the development's going with the team, you're looking for somebody who may be just behind Kwanzaa. Yeah. Or can play a similar role to Kwanzaa. You're not looking at somebody who's coming in and he's going to be your third choice because you, you are probably looking, again, subject to his injuries, Virgil and Canarse is still the future. Gomez will still play there. Kwanzaa is still definitely a possibility from what we've seen this season. You know, he's looking as good as anybody we've seen coming through as a young centre-back, including this Baraldo, who I've looked at on YouTube literally this morning after I first heard of him. Uh, I hadn't heard of him weeks ago when we Have first you looked at him on YouTube? Oh, seriously? I've looked at him, yeah. He looks okay. Does he? It, is it, he big, a, small, round? He's, he's, he's not anything imposing. He's, um, he's literally... It's a YouTube highlights clip that shows a lad doing a lot of things that are okay. There's not, there's nothing Defend really clear. D- Defender yeah. YouTube best bits aren't great, are no, they? No, but it's not. They're it's hard. not like watching Virgil. It's no. not like watching Virgil. It's not like watching Canati where he can go right. He puts himself in front of a tackle. He knows where to be. He blocks a man. He gets his foot in. This lad is doing a lot of things that are okay. Now, this might either be the worst person ever to make a highlights reel of all time, or the lad is just. Okay, he's decent, he's decent, and, and decent could be enough if you're taking a 20-year-old who will fit in. But I think also when we're looking at that, we're looking at the reason we're not linked with a right-back is what we're looking for at right-back is somebody who plays right-back in the games where Trent doesn't. Because I don't believe for a second that Trent going into midfield as a permanent midfielder, although possibly in a 4-4-2 would work, is the option. In a 4-3-3, it's a bad idea because all you're doing is removing Liverpool's threat. So at the moment, he is threat. You're, t- you're literally taking away from what we are at the moment if you move him into the number eight position. He did a bit of threat there on Sunday. He did, but that's because we basically, once we went, we, we, we moved between 4-4-2 and 4-2-4. So a lot, of the mo- a lot of the time we were 4-2-4 and everybody was bombing forward, which is great when you're 3-2 down against Fulham. Against Man City, it wouldn't be, although we have gone 4-2-4 against City in the past. But against City, Arsenal, um, Chelsea, Spurs, United, that wouldn't be a great setup. 
We did. Th- did we throw? We did throw that kitchen sink at Arsenal, didn't we? Not to be contrary with you for the sake of it. I think we did in the first game when um, when Jack no, lost one, his head. The when, one we nearly won last. Three, May? No, the three two. We go four two four in the three two. Do we? And the, the, when they beat us three two, we go. Yeah, four, didn't two, we? Four. Didn't you know the two two at Anfield in the spring? Didn't we? Yeah, we, where we came back once well, Jack that, once, yeah. once Jack lost his head, we actually moved Trent that, forward at half time. Well, Trent did the Trent. That's what he first did the inverted role. Yeah, it was that one against Arsenal? Yeah. That was that game. Okay. So I, think, yeah, I, so think, I, I don't think we're looking at a right back for that reason. I, I think centre back's going to be going concert. Yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued by this again. It's a left footed centre back, Baraldo. Um, I I think Liverpool might be a bit. I think I, I I think Liverpool might feel they've got enough lads who travel a long way for international duty because they play a lot of games straight after international breaks, and it's not just the idea of the half twelves. I think that Liverpool might feel as though they've got the fill of them now, and they don't need any more because I think you've got to include Endo in that list uh, because he goes, true, yeah. he goes and plays uh, it pl- pl- plays in Japan. I think that Liverpool might just be thinking we don't we don't want to have to solve that problem with so many footballers over and over again. Um, that's where we find ourselves. I think if they're interested in a right back, I think it'll be an attacking right back. I think they'll be watching how Ramsey's getting on on loan, um, how he's doing, and I think they'll have an eye on Bradley. And it wouldn't surprise me if if they decide against both if you see what I mean by the summer and then they do choose to do something because I think that Joe Gomez is going nowhere in the same way that Quonset you know one of the biggest pluses about Quonset and I mean this genuinely as a compliment is he's a homegrown footballer uh, it's worth pointing out obviously Joe Gomez is a homegrown footballer so you, 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 you've got this lad who can play centre back and right back for you he's a defensive option as a right back although I think he's actually progressed the ball really well this season Gomez but I think if they were to look for if they would look to do another right back I think they would be looking for an, for an attacking one but I think if we for instance remember back when we were watching all the videos of Calvin Ramsey we were going puts a good ball and does this does this yeah. I think that's going to be the sort of barometer I think though in the same way I think that the next I don't think that the next sort of I think it will be a centre back and I also think it will be a centre back who is left sided and I think they're probably still having a, a big long look but it wouldn't surprise me if they, if they decide to put money on the position which they might decide against now because of Kwanzaa but if it's Ignacio who they were linked with very strongly last summer went all the way through at Sporting signed a new deal at Sporting still has a release clause in the deal at Sporting it was publicised at the time went but up, it's just a bit it? went up so it's a bit more money he's been 19 appearances so far this season he's starting every week for them he's the age Liverpool like he's 22 um, you know I think if they're looking at that but then there's another moving part there which is Virgil's been great like really great mm. and he is the starting left side at centre back now that's another moving part again in another level because I think part of why he's been great is that he's not playing midweeks yeah. so Liverpool need to have an eye on that next season because I think there's a general expectation around this table and in the club to play in Champions League football again at which point where well, you are back to sort of needing that to there but then they might think well you know what Quance has shown X, Y or Z this is back to my but what what I don't want and I sort of said this at times last summer like my, my position here is that I, I can make an argument for Liverpool to do loads of different things and they're all interrelated to each other what I want is for Liverpool again don't end up with a massive menu have a really clear idea but don't end up with a massive menu and I think that's what Andy's arguing as well when he's saying if there's, there was a centre-half you were going to buy and now Matip's got this injury and you can get him in January and maybe there's a small premium to pay do it but have the plan and execute the plan and I just sort of don't want Liverpool to end up like Chelsea yeah just yeah. or just end up just sort of a bit no because I think that I think that when Chelsea end up with too many options they buy too many players but I think when Liverpool end up with too many options they get a bit debilitated because yeah. they don't feel like they can waste any money they feel like they've got to get everything right so too many options I think is bad for Liverpool I think other clubs with too many options just buy too many fucking players like that year when Everton bought all the number 10s I think Liverpool 
when they get too many options, they don't do enough. They go, well, we're not sure. We're not, you know, there's compelling cases here. Let's pick the right case, and then they don't do anything. And that's what I don't want them to do. Example of that, weirdly, I was looking at the back of the the programme for the Fulham game at the weekend. I was looking at their bench, and I'm going, I recognise more names. I don't know who the Liverpool subs are, but they're established names on the Fulham bench with Premier League experience. Yeah. And they're not getting a game for, for Fulham. No, no, exactly. Because they just picked them up along yeah. the way, but not really as an idea as to this is what we're yeah. doing with them. And I think that's the most important thing. Within th- building for January and then beyond, I think that's the important thing. I think I think there's no doubt Liverpool had a, a, and will still retain a centre-half plan. And we, we know as near as damn you can know without fully knowing that Levi Colwell was a top target. Yeah. That, that, that evaporated because Chelsea, because Chelsea wouldn't let him go. We know that Liverpool then went into the season, Quanta emerged... But I don't think that would have led to Liverpool throwing in the bin their next set of moves behind Levi Colwell. Those, th- that list of two or three names that have had to follow on from Colwell, who probably weren't available then, will still be there, I imagine. Well, yeah, if you look at the way Liverpool operate, they tend to do it in sections. So, in the space of six months, they bought in Luis Diaz and David Nunes. Yeah, and Gakpo. And Gakpo, there you go. Twelve See, months, 12 months got three of them. There you go. And then, last summer was obviously the big, the big midfield, midfield rebuild. So... Naturally, you'd think the next area of the pitch would be looking at overhauling the defence. When I say overhaul, I don't mean rip the whole thing up and salvage or anything like that, but you'd think that'd be the next area where they focus on whether they do it in one window, whether it's over two, whether it's over three, but I think you'll see a lean towards that. A defender every window for the next three, maybe. But, I mean, you look, you look at the, I've been looking at the appearances there, Liverpool centre-halves. We've got three centre-halves there and over 100 appearances. That's plenty of experience there. Yeah, yeah. So when you talk about oh, you could lose experience. There's enough there in reserve. Yeah. To you know to, to, to soak that up. So yeah, I do I do agree. The next part of the rebuild will be the defense, whether whether it's it, it, it extends as far as another strong left sided defender or left back, centre half. I'd just say Colwell's proving the pudding, and then some a move that could then accommodate Trent, which was the original conversation. Mm. Further up the pitch. I think, as I said earlier, one of the lessons of I feel of the season or the successes of the of the last summer's business was that we've got we've brought in players into the squad and changed the balance away from a squad where maybe up to let's pick a percentage or a fraction a third you could consider quite injury prone to varying degrees. I'd say we flipped that quite considerably. So we have lads who are generally available. Now, if I think about pre-Virgil's horror injury um, at Pickford, because of Jordan Pickford back in whenever it was, around 21, before then, four of our back five were very reliable in terms of their appearance record. Trent, Trent, Robertson, Van Dyke, Allison were, were available, let's say, 90-odd percent of the time. Now we have a setup where we've got a Canate, a Gomez, a Matip, uh, who else? Yeah, so those three who are pretty injury prone. We've got Trent, who we're thinking about whether we can use him in midfield. And we've got Andy Robertson, who's a couple of years older than he was properly, but we're not, we're not making that comparison from. So there is a case, a strong case, I think, for repopulating the defence, not just with good young defenders, but ones that can be available. I think that has been the, that has been the growing lesson of the Klopp era, really. Get rid of the injury-prone lads. Get the available lads in. Yeah, but as Neil said earlier, who who are they? Where are they? You know, it's. You can look at appearance records. No, 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 no. Of course, no, of course. But then I, I, I'm still siding. I'm minded with Neil in so much as that I would go for a young player. I look at the. You have a certain profile in mind. Go right. This, 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 and this. And I'd pick a young kid 
with maybe 20, 30 appearances to the name. Well, fi- 50's the sample size they want, isn't it, Neil? No, so they said, uh, the Neil Jones thing was that they want, the well, Klopp even said they want over, they want 150. Yeah. So it's, uh, that's where I think... He said FSG wanted yeah, yeah, 60 or 70, didn't he? And the manager said, the manager made some sort of point around that, you don't get 21-year-olds who simultaneously have got but 150 then, appearances. Well, my, my argument with that is, if you're signing a left-back, for arguments, like, let's just make the argument it's a left-back, right? Yeah. With 150 appearances, if he's any good, he's already at a, a club where it's, it's going to be difficult to extricate him from. Yeah, I think that number's got to sort of come down a little bit, but that's where I come back to, for instance, lads like Inacio, who he's now got five Portuguese caps, he's got under 21 caps, yeah. he's going to, he'll, by he the time we get to next summer, he's 22 with over 100, uh, 100 league appearances, plus cups, plus internationals, and then that, that sort of, that that's, that's where I think they'll move to something like that and go from there and that's still a young player who'll have a year sort of learning but he's also got you know he's got good stuff behind him I'm using him as an example I'm not saying it is him or anything like that I'm just saying it's someone like that who's live I think on the defender the next window slash point the key marker on that one is is just Matip's contract Matip's contract expires and Mm. I think that there is a point there where there's a natural I think Liverpool find it difficult to move players on for a variety of reasons especially when it's going well Matip's contract expires there's a natural sort of break point there Liverpool might still give him another year but there's a real sort of there's this thing that's happening you need to have an action plan for it because you need to and then within that I think the other one is I think it's really important Van Dijk doesn't become injury prone but what I mean by that is that that also that means, that means that you're picking his games, yeah. And and you're talking to him about that, and you're working with him on it. So if you you can't if you can't do it's Van Dyke plus one, and then there's three. You, like I think you do end up in a situation where you begin to move towards five rather than four, because you really you really want you, you need Van Dyke plus half if you sort of know what I mean. And if Gomez is going to remain sort of more your right-back cover, then to your language before, Gomez is half over there as well, so you need one more for certain. Yeah. In amongst all of that, they've had that this season with Matip and Kwanza coming through. I think that they need to replace that. And so I think that that's, I still think that's what they'll do. I just think it'll be someone who will air more to also being able to do stuff on the left-hand side, but I could be completely wrong. Is it? Is it uh, sorry, Rob, just, just on that, though, you, you talk about 150 games, whatever... So to me, I think the one area of the pitch, and you can argue with me all you want, where you can maybe take a risk on the experience is a fullback, far less so at centre half. Yeah, I agree. Far less so at centre half. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. I'd like to. Can just, I just make another argument on that point? Oh, I'm just desperate to get off defenders and onto names. Oh, yeah, sorry, I'm, go I'm, I'm going knackier with this one then. Um, the the first version of Klopp's team was based around a functional midfield with all your creativity coming from the best two fullbacks in the league yeah. by by a long distance. The midfield's no longer a functional midfield. It's not there to toil anymore. It's not there to facilitate others. Um, Robbo, as you said, is not getting any younger. Simicus is a more orthodox left-back and doesn't do the same things that Robbo does. And as you were saying on the, the main show this week, he doesn't cut in. Uh, so that underlap, doesn't facilitate... Yeah. He doesn't underlap in the way that, that Diaz needs him to be effective. So we're actually losing the left-sided forwards effectiveness there. Do you want a left-back now? No, I don't. Um, <laughs> I think, well, if you went three at the back with three actual centre-backs, somebody who can play right centre-back, somebody who can play left centre-back, that moves Trent into midfield and moves your creativity all to midfield because you're not going to be able to replicate Andy Robbo at any point in the future. You can't replicate what Trent was doing, but you can move Trent into the midfield that way if you go with three solid centre-backs. And Anasio might be exactly what we're looking for to do. Yeah, people forget that wing-backs are a thing, though. And I don't want to start on this. I want to move, I want to move on to the, to the attack side because we haven't got, we haven't got forever. The attack side of it, is, I think, a, fa- a fascinating s- s- aspect of Liverpool 2.0, Neil. We have, this season we've been, obviously we're, we're happy with the progress of the team, we're second place in the league, ahead of City. We've seen a good goal return already from all of our forwards. 
the oldest of which has still been our best forward, Salah, who we know can't be with us forever. We've, we're hopeful more than I think we might have been at the beginning of the season that we might get a new contract out of Salah and be watching him a while longer. But notwithstanding that, it would be remiss to not a have a, to, to firstly not have a, a Salah succession plan. But I would also argue that the four lads who've done well this season, their places in the Liverpool team and squad into the into the future over the next three or four years isn't 100% secure for any one of them. They've all still got a bit to prove. They're all showing great promise, but you you feel they're all slightly on cusp of they need to do a bit better. We want to see Diaz score more goals. We want to see Nunes score more goals. Jota. It's, I mean, at his bet when he's, he's still, you still have to hail him as a bit of a streaky player, still a bit of an injury-prone player at times, and Gakpo was still learning about. Now, that's not to damn any of them, because I really, really rate them all, and I would like to think we'll have them all in three years' time. But I'm, I'm not sure Liverpool won't be thinking, look, it wouldn't be the worst idea to bring forward a Salah succession plan so that we've got the options, almost create a, a survival of the fittest situation, go, well, which of Nunes, Diaz... Gapro, whoever, are, gonna, are they going to see off one, the one more lad who might replace Salah, or or is one of them going to have to fall away? You know, like a like a game show where one of them has to be voted out by the public. If <laughs> you understand my point, I'm saying is there a case for overloading by one to, to deal with a wide range of possible scenarios? I think there's a case for adding another attacking player because I think it's never a bad thing, but also because I think that you. I think, as I said before about Doak, and there's still a Cade Gordon question, I think that Liverpool, and I, and I keep saying it, come back to the number of games and the number of games Liverpool want to be playing in all competitions, then I think that you get closer and closer to saying, do you want to do you want to carry one more in amongst all of there and is there a move around that? What I would say is that everything you've just said you can make an argument for around Foden, Docu, Alvarez and Grealish. There's some sort of yeah, point. Yeah. There's some sort of moment where we've got to. And he does do that, though. He goes even when Sterling. We wouldn't have necessarily sold him at the point. Yeah, yeah. But, but, exactly. So I think. But I, but I think the flip side of it is that, you know, for instance, if we if we bought Sterling right now, you'd be fucking delighted. I'd be fucking delighted. If you see what I mean, like if yeah. Sterling was the was the Salah succession plan, but Salah's staying, we'd all go, oh, well, that's interesting. I tell that's you what, a nice that's squad member. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. At the very highest level, yeah. I think I think that we've got to be careful not to effectively turn the only bar to clear into genuine fuck off club legends greatness which is the sort of argument that you've you've ended up with there if you're not like 100 percent. i don't think i don't think you can replace that no but not just that though the idea that for instance like you i don't think there are any question marks like there's bits of diaz's game that i don't like uh that or i haven't liked and i think i think they've got better over the course of this campaign uh, and and maybe even before then and and we just hadn't got to see them because liverpool were, were a bit dysfunctional but my genuine view is I think all four are excellent footballers yeah. and they're all excellent footballers who will continue to be excellent footballers for Liverpool. And I think that the desire to sort of, to keep a certain conversation live means that if you're not careful, you end up sort of finding ways to talk each of them down. Whereas I think all of them are capable for starting in a Champions League final for Liverpool. And also crucially, all of them are capable of scoring the winner for Liverpool in a Champions League final. And I think that that's, you know, that's, that's exceptional stuff. They have high stuff. ceilings. We know They're remarkably high ceilings. Yeah. So I think, you know, so I think that if you're not, what I don't want to do is sort of act like, you know, we have got the best set of attackers, I think, in the country. That's what I think we've currently got. Now, obviously, there then becomes a thing about at some point you're losing Salah, who could well be Liverpool's greatest ever attacker. Um, you know, there's conversations to be had there around lots of footballers, John Barnes, Kenny Dalglish, uh, Ian Rush, who scored the most goals. But that's the sort of territory he's in, if you know what I mean. Suarez. Uh, and you can't, I mean, and storage, you know, but you can't then sort of end up going, 
Well, you like I think when you get one of them, that's brilliant, and let's really enjoy them when we have them. But I don't think you can say, let's go and buy one of them. It's like it's it's the equivalent of the marketing executive who's saying, can you can you make me a video that's going to go viral? And the answer is, I can make you a really good video, but whether or not it goes viral is a little bit up in the air. I think with with our current set of four forwards, it might be that, for instance, if Salah was to his role was to diminish, slash he was to leave, it might be that one of the other four goes viral. And it might be that we'll buy another one, which I'm not against. That might be the lad who goes viral. But you don't know until the room's there. So I'm very, you know, I don't want to force that issue. I think that Liverpool should look to recruit, uh, not least because, again, to go back to my point that, that I've made a couple of times, I think, like, and I think there's a direction of travel for Liverpool. If you want to think about a, a Salah succession plan, that might actually be he plays much of the season for Liverpool where he actually plays off someone like Nunez rather than plays as 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 a right winger. Like we can have more than one shape and go amongst that, and and it might be that that's where you get you, you elongate Salah's career and effectiveness. I think anyway, he's almost become a little bit of a number ten. I think for ages playing for Liverpool, he was a number nine who played right wing, and now I think he might be a number ten who plays right wing. If you see what I mean, like there might be, he's a bit more late period Kenny than seventy seven to eighty one Kenny. 100%. So, so you know your Van Dyke argument, and I know you'll say to me straight away, but Salah's a, a machine physically in a way that even machine like Virgil can't hope to be physically. But we're going to, notwithstanding the pressures from, from, from other countries for him to move, assuming he stays with Liverpool, renews contracts, do we not elongate his career by managing his games? And his, I know he wants to stay on yeah, the Yeah, that's pitch. what I'm saying. But I'm not saying don't buy another one. Yeah. I'm just saying don't. Don't be elsewhere with the other four throwing babies out with bathwater. No, I'm not. But I'm just I'm covering all. I sp- what I suppose what I'm saying is some would argue that if you've got five great forwards and you've got Doak, the, the forward position is the last position you need but to I think look that, at. But I think that the Doak thing, so for, like, I think does Doak need to go and spend a bit of time out on loan? Is that what you yeah. do in the second half of his season? I think Kay Gordon's under discussed in this, but we don't know where he's up to physically. Uh, move, you know, getting, getting him in and around the sort of the chatter uh, on that. But all of that said, I'd you know I think you can always make an argument to have another one. I'm absolutely fine with it. As I say, what in principle? Yeah, genuinely, I think you can always make an argument to have another one and to go from there. But that throws me back into my point about recruiting in a four-four-two. You know, if Liverpool need to go and buy another right winger, which I'm absolutely fine with. You know, I'd be I'd almost be likelier. If you're thinking about sort of remolding or remaking a squad, I'd still say the two young lads are full of potential. I but my my remaking slash remolding of a squad becomes. I'd probably rather almost lose, weirdly lose a midfielder. Or so, do you know what I mean? Like, if you, mm. you can only have so many players, you've got to register a certain number, sure. you can only have so many. So I think that becomes almost a little bit, bit of a part of it and not get into our heads the idea that there's some sort of, that the lads that we've currently got, who I think are all having really good seasons and a couple of them have been injury slash life disrupted as it's wore on. But I think, I'm, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll praise them all to the skies and I don't think we need to pick our favourite children. No, okay, all right. It was a theoretical conversation here, but I want to put some names into the hat here. If in the universe whereby Liverpool do look at another forward, Evan Ferguson. Okay, well, yes. we'll come on to you. Well, the three I wrote down because they came up in the room on the rumor mill, and I think you can put them all at uh, different grades, really, of rumor. Daniel Marlon at Borussia Dortmund, Leroy Sane at Bayern Munich, and Kylian Mbappe. Um, Marlon. I've looked at this morning again. Um, seen bits of him before each time we've been linked. He looks good. He puts the ball in the back of the net. He's quite sharp. Um, Sane is obviously a magnificent footballer. I love Sane. Uh, he'll be 28 in the summer. 
we're not buying Sane. How's he got to be 28? It, I don't know. He's, he's just been along. Um, Mbappe is never happening. Um, it's just not going to happen. But I'm going to give you the maddest shout of all time now. Go on. Right. Salah's been with us since 2017. So he's been with us six years now. That's 300 games in six years. In those 300 games, he scored 200 goals. He is still in the same shape he's always been. He's a physical specimen like Ronaldo who will not get worse over the next few years. We can't see any reason that he would want to go and play in the Saudi league. I'm not getting rid of him here, by no, the way. I know, I know, I'm just but, buying players. But we're all assuming. Like assume, I like buying forwards. I think the great, I'd go with Evan Ferguson as a number six, as a sixth forward for us. Because again, as Neil said, the four that we've got alongside Salah. It'd be reinterpreting the number six position if we left him would in be, there, wouldn't it? Really it'd be by Jürgen's standards. Yeah, let's go for that. Let's go absolute madness because I'm, go, I'm going to give you a mad false of anyway. nines. Um, the four lads we've got alongside Salah do four different things. Gakpo will score the goals that Darwin annoys you by not scoring. Darwin will keep the ball alive as he did for the two goals on, on Sunday afternoon in a way that nobody else does. Darwin Sa- will have more shots on target than the, than the other three combined. That's his yeah, superpower. And, and hit the post and hit the bar, yeah. and, and, but then do something madly brilliant. Salah's not going to get any less fit. Salah is motivated, as far as we can tell, by records and by greatness and by the figure that he is and how great he is. Salah could stay with us for another six years, in which time he could get another 300 games, another 200 goals, and leave Ian Rush standing. If I was Mohamed Salah, that's the one I'd want. I don't see Salah going anywhere for a long time. I want two Mohamed Salahs. Andy, come on, Evan Ferguson and beyond. Uh, What are your picks? Just just with Mo, they're quick. I always go back to, and Neil does better than me, the the way Mooney think. It's it's not just the age, it's the, the games in the tank. Mo didn't really kick on until he was 24. 24 years of age when he started when he really started most and I'm with, I'm with Ian I think he's got two maybe two, I, I really fancy him to have two really good seasons left in him maybe even three Evan Ferguson no 19 years of age you he's know, still 19 years he's he's still, he freezes he is, his age while Sane gets older by two years every 19, year Leroy Sane is injury prone as well which is another black, uh, black mark against him another marker against him why Liverpool wouldn't go that's the point and it, I, I'm convinced of his agent um, Evan Ferguson uh, I like him uh, the left foot, right foot, good in the air, strong, young. I know he's been at Liverpool in the past as well, and he picked bright, picked Brighton over Liverpool. Can he play across the front three? I've, I've seen him. As I a haven't seen forward. enough sample size. I don't think so. But as, you don't. Orthodox <clears> nine. One of my one of my things with replacing Salah is that you can't replace Salah because there isn't another Mo Salah. No. So then you just evolve. You know, it, it, when we let's just say a Salah replacement doesn't have to be a winger who cuts in. And scores goals. No, do you know what I mean? Sure. Um, and I think if you try and do that, you and you can all disagree with me. But I think if you try and do that, you're doomed to failure because there is no one else like him. I think that on that, I think the, I think if you were going to buy that player, I think it's important you buy that player whilst you still have Salah. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, if you're yeah, going to no, try and buy the Salah, that that exactly. idea, the purer replacements, I think you do it while you still got Salah. So you say this is the way we're going to play. Most sometimes you're going to you're going to split your games between what you've been doing and some stuff where you're going to play in behind uh, a number nine who will be Jota or Gakpo or. Uh, or Nunez likely as Nunez in there as well I think if you look in Premier League in that sort of realm of someone who comes in and there is an expectation he can play a really good part in a team that can achieve a lot of things but isn't going to be Mo Salah in a team that can achieve a lot of things I, I like him Bueno at Brentford a hell of a lot mm. uh, I think he's got How a old is he? 23 got is a re- really good brain 
uh, as well as the fact so that he's strong. got he's got really really good pace. A lot of problems, didn't and he? yeah, yeah, I like him. I think he's. Yeah. I think, but 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 I don't think he comes in and, for instance, you know, becomes your best player overnight or anything like that. I think he, he's a bit of a job, but also I think he's he's a tool uh, as much as he's he's anything else for you in there as well. So I think that that's if you're thinking sort of Premier League, because even someone who I, I adore, Bowen. For instance, mm. but he's 27 now uh, as well. Like he, his age has crept up on you too. It really has. So yeah, he's he's a funny one where he's 27 and Bueno's 23, and you feel as though they should probably both be 24. Uh, but yeah. that's that's. And bueno reminds me of Michael Antonio a bit. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's got a, he's got. I think he's got a few sort of precedents as footballers in there. I think there's a real busyness to him. I think he's good off the ball because you've got to be if you play for Brentford. I think he does a job for the team. I think at times he could be more generous when he's in around the penalty area. But then I think a flip side of that is he probably thinks he's. Brentford Brentford's best player. He makes the ball stick is what struck me yeah. about him when I watch him. In the way that we have one, Salah is our forward who makes the ball stick the most. Nunes is good at it. But Bueno is... is yeah, the, so I think I, th- I think there's something in him. But I think, again, you probably are ending up sort of looking abroad in terms of bringing someone in. But again, it's back to what position do you think it is and what what is it that you think you're doing? Uh, and I think that that is... It's also back to literally how you approach in football matches. What's the shape? What's the outlook? Um, I'm very... You know, and I think that that's... I think that's the key question and that's where I think Liverpool at the minute off the pitch because I think on the pitch they're doing it as well obviously but off the pitch they can feel as though they've given themselves something that they can really really build on and plan for what it is that they want to do next I think they are in those positions without sort of getting into tons and tons of names I think that the next phase of that though is 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 the is, is having a real sort of what the identity is for the next three years or what the identities are. They'd always say, oh, it's intensity and it's this, it's that. What I mean is, you know, are we always, because we don't right now always play every minute of every game of 4 3 3. We don't do that. What's going on with Trent? What goes on with Salah? I'll say again, I think it's easy to imagine Trent in a midfield two uh, in a 4 4 2 slash 4 2 4. And I think that it's also easier to imagine, therefore, Salah in inside next to a player but then you are dismantling what brought us what's brought us to the party since 2017 which is that your right hand side is Trent and Salah with a lad in between linking it up and facilitating both of them which is still where Sabozla is and all that sort of stuff so I think it's I think it's a really tough one I don't think it's straightforward I think it is imagining what comes next but the really good thing is I think that Liverpool are doing that from a position of strength in terms of where the squad is Okay we're going to call that wrap I hope you've enjoyed listening to your free version of the gutter uh, it's two a week in January. Two a week in January, and one a week I think between now and then. Jesus, yeah. <laughs> you do one on Saturday after we get back from Edinburgh. Am I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Day after your birthday. How exciting for me the day after my birthday. All my Christmases will come at once. Well, so there you are. I hope you've enjoyed it. Thanks, Neil. Thanks, Ian. Thanks, Andy. And uh, tune in, subscribe, do everything you need to get more of this love. Sports Social Podcast Network.